Welcome to Self-Care Sessions. I'm your host, Robin Taff, and I am a nurse and wellness expert bringing you this podcast filled with your very own self-care sessions. My intention with every episode is to give you a tip, a tool, an insight, or maybe some inspiration that you can use for your life. This week, I am joined by Lisa McFarland, who is a relationship coach. We have such a great conversation, a real conversation about the reality of relationships, about navigating high stress in a relationship, about low libido, about having healthy conflict, about how to approach our partners in the best way. And it is just filled with little things that you can start doing from today to work on your relationship, to improve your relationship. So I hope you enjoy. And if you do, please let me know. Lisa, you are so welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for reaching out and having me. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to kick off with you just telling us a little bit about yourself for anyone who may not have heard of you before, and then we can get into our chat. My name is Lisa McFarland. I am a relationship coach, so I want to make relationship coaching a normal thing in this wee country. Um, It's a very normal thing in other countries. Um, My daughter was actually researching a thing the other day, and she said that I think it was Sweden, you can do a degree in love and relationships. I was like, oh, my days. So I feel that there's a real place for that in this wee country. Um, it's coaching. It's not therapy. It's about getting the tips and tools that we didn't receive until we were in our 40s. And when we received the tips and tools, I just kept saying, how have we actually even got this far? This is ridiculous. How have we got this far? Um, and we were together 25 years at that stage. So I just want to share my knowledge with whoever wants to hear it. I love that because I do feel like it's a bit of a taboo subject. It's like, oh, if you're kind of struggling in your relationship, maybe you're going through a hard time. You're arguing a lot. It's like, oh, God, are we failing? Are we not meant to be together? It shouldn't be like this. Mm -hmm. And you nearly feel shamed to talk about it, to be like, oh, we are struggling. But Mm -hmm. the fact that it is such a normal part of being in a relationship. Well, the data tells us it's the hardest thing to do. You know, be in a relationship, but we get no education on how to do it. If you follow me on Instagram, you will hear me ranting about this on the regular. Um, so for example, we got a new coffee maker thing, and the booklets that came with this coffee maker, I mean, I was just past myself. I was like, hold the phone, Nigel, record me right now. Um, yeah. I was ranting. I mean, it was ridiculous. But when it comes to relationships, we don't get any education, and that's not sometimes people say. I'm not talking about at school. I'm talking about educating ourselves. You know, um, when we have children, um, we educate ourselves on when, you know, when that time comes, we read books, we ask friends. There's no shame and guilt about it. But it's about taking Mm. away the shame and guilt and saying, okay, we're struggling. We love each other dearly, but we're struggling with healthy conflict. We're struggling with intimacy. We're struggling with communication. We're struggling with time. We're struggling with work. We're struggling with grief. And we need the tips and tools to help in those departments. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all so natural. So natural. So natural to struggle. I often um, say, you know, when your child's potty training, um, we don't have any shame and guilt if it goes on for a few weeks and we have to ask every mom in the countryside about it. Um, We all, but when, but it's also a wee bit like you can't blame your baby for not knowing how to go to the toilet. They don't have the tips and tools yet. So it's, it's not about blaming ourselves. Like, why did we not know this? Which I did do a lot of. Um, and yeah, so I love it. Yeah, it's so good. I would love my first question for you is yes. 
when a couple come to you maybe on their own or together what is generally the first thing you say that every couple needs to think about is there like a certain thing that we need to focus on for our relationship I always tell everybody to do these three things do your love language test do your attachment style test do your argument style test okay it just breaks the ice these are just tips and tools but it just breaks the ice and our partner goes oh I didn't know that the love language test is excellent some of his thinking is a little bit outdated now but the love language test definitely stands the test of time and I mean it's just it's just basic psychology we love the other how we want to be loved but that might not be their love language so we are spinning our wheels you know um I talk to couples all the time and the heterosexual couple and the guy will say I do so much I'm doing this I do that I do that and she's like I don't care I want his time I don't want the floors mopped the floors can wait for a week I don't want that I want his time I want him to plan little dates he's killing himself doing all these jobs when the support that she actually wants is his time and his affection you know yeah and what I'll do is I'm going to link those tests underneath in the show notes for anyone that wants to do it because I actually did mine I saw on your Instagram I was like I need to sit down and do it and more so the argument style it's one. It's hard to find the argument style one. That's the one that I like. There are other ones. You take the one that I like, Robin. There are other ones on online. That's the one I like. And I like that. That's an American um, guy there in Colorado. They have a school. So you just go to school. Like you just pick a class. You just say, oh, you know, I'd like to do a class on intimacy. Oh, I'd like to do it. They just have a school and they just run workshops. I mean, Hello. What a wonderful world to live in. God, yeah. And it gives you so much understanding about your partner. So like even I did it and I was reading it out to Gavin and I was laughing (laughs) because it was so me in an argument. I was like, oh my God, I do this every time. And he was like, oh, but now I kind of understand why you do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's mad. It makes so much sense. And it was actually a really nice thing to do. We were just having a joke around doing it Mm -hmm. um, last night when we were watching TV, but I would recommend anyone listening to do it as well. And it's the way it's put Um, across, isn't it? hermit crab and fur I got the porcupine now you got the porcupine (laughs) I was a porcupine when I did the test I did it as my old self um and then you probably end up with a porcupine as well and then you're both say all your words and then shut down you know a hermit crab is a funny one you know because it's just like you know not speaking and people sometimes are terrified to do healthy conflict that they just put it all under the carpet but that's not yeah no no So we will. I'll link those for anyone listening if you want to give it a try. I wanted to start off with talking about how to navigate a really stressful time in your relationship. So whether someone is listening and they're trying to conceive, they're having financial pressures, they are grieving or there's work pressure. How can we navigate that a bit better? Mm -hmm. No. Life's going to happen. So these things are going to happen in our relationships. We're going to lose our parents. We're going to lose loved ones. There's going to be illness, all those sorts of things. So we should be preparing for that. Yeah. That would not be lovely. Imagine if we actually prepared for that instead of just putting fires out. And it seems to me that most relationships can tolerate, not tolerate is not the right word, can weather these situations for maybe six weeks two months you know we have enough in the tank 
we have enough that we can lean on for six weeks, two months. We we have enough in our own tank to support our partner for that length of time, okay? Whether that might be that we have to work a ton more to support our partner when they go back to university or whether it's um, supporting a partner, they've just had a baby or maybe they're supporting a partner through IVF. But it's when these things go on and on and on for months and months, then we start to build resentment to your partner because they are not making any changes or they're not addressing the issue. And that seems to be where the problem is. I would love it if couples came to me and got the tips and tools before those situations happened. But when you get to six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, your sex life is starting to struggle, your intimacy, you know, your emotional connection is starting to break down. Contact a coach and let's start working. Let's start working. And again, it is such a natural thing to be in a phase of life where you do need to do that. How many things happen that we actually don't have the skills to navigate ourselves? And we have no shame and guilt about if our business is struggling. We've no shame and guilt going to the bank manager and saying, look, I'm just in a sticky wicket. It's been about six weeks now. This is not alleviating any time. You know, I'm hoping it's going to be better in three weeks time, but I just need an extra bump on my overdraft whatever it is you know we have no we've no problem going um to our lecturers or um even family members and saying look I'm struggling right now can you just bear with me you know we've no problem but when it comes to relationships we just internalize internalize and then resentment is the biggest killer of libido for women and stress is the biggest killer of libido for men we need to know these things yeah yeah and then I'm just thinking so everyone listening to this it's probably coming from a place of I want to learn from my relationship. I am open to the tools and the tips and stuff. What if your partner, what if your relationship is struggling and you are you want to improve it, you want to learn the tools, but your partner is not open to it? How do we approach that? Well, two things. Come yourself. Um, and my big girl doesn't like it when I talk science because she's a medic and she's like, well, my you're just going to say the wrong thing. Please don't say the wrong thing. But I believe it's basic physics that if something changes, if some pattern changes, it has to change. Um, I had a lady say to me one time, you know, when her partner said X, she said Y. And I said, how long have you been reacting like that? She's like 15 years. And I said, so it is only, it's physics, it's basic laws that if you do something different, like say, can we go walk later and hold hands? Your partner's going to be like, okay, what's happening here? What's happening? Have a different response. Yeah, because you're in a bit of a cycle. You're, you know, I don't love the word toxic cycle, but you're in a bit of a cycle. When you've been with somebody for numerous amount of years, you could write the script of what way the argument's going to go. You could write the script, your own script, their script, everybody's script. And if you're with a guy and he loves to mansplain, you could, you, you've heard that, you've heard that mansplaining for 15 years okay so what about we switch it up what about we say something different we do something different okay so come yourself come for one-one coaching the other thing I have now which just went on sale yesterday is my online course um my husband was very um you know dubious about this whole thing seven eight years ago you know and when I built the online course I just kept thinking what would we have done what what would what would have got him sort of the first wheel you know what would have started him on the first little 
bit. Um, so I built the online course. So it's little videos, little bits of homework, little video, little bit of homework. Um, so it's on the Black Friday sale until Cyber Monday, whenever Cyber Monday is. And if anybody's listening to this, it's 2023. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's such a good idea because that, that feels less intimidating than going, look, I want you to come and sit down with me in a coaching session for our relationship because you probably will if they're not open to it in general you're going to be met with resistance but if you, you can sit down and have a glass of wine and do like a, a half an hour of the course yeah and just like look will you humor me and see what comes out of this maybe we learn a few things about each other and have a laugh maybe um yeah. I don't care if people laugh at me either um somebody got back to me and gave me a lovely review they had completed the course and they're like Lisa I just realized it's it's a lifetime thing I'm like what your relationship what you're interested no I have the course forever and I was like yeah you have you have access to the course forever she goes so why can you just go back and do this again like next year at our anniversary I was like exactly exactly or maybe there's just one little video that really hit home with you you know you can go back and do that one again you know yeah or if you're going through your stressful period of time if something else comes up you can revert to your tools your course yeah Exactly. exactly. Remember, it's not therapy. It's not therapy. It's about going forward. It's not about, you know, I love therapy. Therapy's great, but it's not about this happened to you when you were eight. So now you behave like this. It's not about that. It's here's a situation that's happening. We need to reprogram that. End of. End of. And the name of this podcast is Self Care Sessions. Yes. I really want to talk about how important our self-care is for our relationship. I think I was a little late for this uh, meeting because I was having such a lovely self-care morning. I was meditating and I was trying all the things. Um, I did not know how important self-care was until I was well into my 40s. And as I said, we were together 25 years. Um, we were desperately codependent and we didn't have any clue that we had to fill our own cups and then fill the relationship cup. And again, this gets back to the stressful times. In those stressful times, it is so important to be filling your own cup. You know, I think we feel so bad filling our cup when we're having stressful situations. But, you know, where does your oxygen mask live? What do you do to fill your own cup? Are we just working and then trying to be in a relationship? Working, trying to be in a relationship? Working, trying to be in a relationship? We must be filling our own cup and coming to that relationship as our best self and it's not selfish and tons of guys burn themselves out because they think they are doing the right thing they're not playing golf they're not going out with their friends they're not even going to a gym they're maybe just working out in the garage or their back garden or they're maybe just going for a quick 10 minute run because they have to get back because x y and z is happening when are you the best partner when your cup is full when are you the best daughter, son, brother? Da, da, da. When are you the best lover when your cup is full? When you feel great about yourself, you're the best partner. I constantly ask if couples come, I will always say, if 10's the best you've ever felt and one's the worst you've ever felt, where do you put yourself on that? And 90% of guys will say four, three. And that's very difficult for me to then now say, well, now what I actually want you to do is fill the relationship cup. Okay, there's nothing in the tank to fill the relationship cup. Okay, so that's when I would sort of say, look, would you mind coming and having a little one-to-one with me? And they come and I say about all this, and they say, no, 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 I don't think I, I couldn't have time for that. I don't think we think I don't think we would have time for that. And I'm like, Mm-mm, no, she wants you as your best self. Please. 
do this, please, please, please. And that's even a nice way to bring it to your partner. So if you're kind of noticing, look, they're not really doing much for themselves, but anytime you bring it up, they're kind of resistant to, and like, oh, leave me alone. I do plenty to bring that little tool of like, okay, I learned this really um, nice idea. If you think of your own cup, we have our own two separate ones. What do you think yours would be at? Instead of being like, I know you say, don't be like, you should fill your cup. You should do this. You should do that. Well, a nice wee tool that I give to couples sometimes, and again, this comes back to the codependency. So when we're codependent, if our person is not happy, then we're not happy. If our person is in a mood, we're in a mood. If our person, no, there's absolutely no doubt that if somebody is struggling with low mood, it is going to affect you because you love them and it's going to affect your household and your extended family and all that sort of stuff. But if it's just a bad day at work, if it's just the odd thing. A lovely tool that I get people is to say, hey, babe, um, well, we'll do it together. And I'll say, Rum, um, answer me this. Uh, I was just wondering, what's your number for today? So not an accusatory, just what's your number today? Robin, what's, what's your number today? Uh, probably a six. Okay, perfect. And what's your word for today? Tired. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. You want to chat later? You want to go wee walk? I'm here for you. Yeah. Because I notice sometimes I'm like, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Are you sure you're okay? <laughs> I'd say it's the most annoying thing ever, but you're like, no, I just want to make sure that you're okay. And you know yourself um, that whenever you're not okay, it's very hard to identify that you're not okay. And it's also very hard to identify what's making you not okay. It's only really when you come out the other end that you say, oh, you know what? So-and-so really peed me off in work or I had an argument with my mom or whatever it was. It's only when you're at the other side. So that wee tool just gives you a little bit of insight, but then it leaves the door open for them to come to you. For them to say, I'd love to watch a movie tonight. Can we get the kids to bed? I'd love to go a walk. Um, I'd love to plan a date for the week. You know, I'd love to, or even I need some space. I need to go out and do blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm here for this. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's great for teenagers as well. Yeah, that's really good. Can you explain a bit more what codependency is? Um, codependency is things like you stop yourself. So, you know, people will talk about red flags, you know, that you, you can't go out anywhere, you can't do anything with your family. So that's not good at all. But codependency can be a little bit like that as well. Codependency and be like, oh, no, you're not going, so I'm not going to go. And, you know, I, I couldn't go away on that retreat. Sure, you're not there, you know. It just gets very, very insular, very, very insular, very, you know, I'm nothing if I don't have you, you know. And it's not particularly, it's, it's not particularly toxic. Is it healthy? Not really, you know. Um, so if you're listening to this, don't beat yourself up. You know, we are taught codependency. We are taught codependency from the day and hour. We start watching um, anything to do with fairy tales. I can't, if don't want Disney to sue us. Um, anything to do with fairy tales, books, anything. We are caught codependency. codependency. I was watching a movie the other night and um, it was one of these rom-com things and it said at the end, and they lived happily ever after. And then the next thing came up and said, no, they didn't. They got into the re a relationship and they worked really hard at it. Yeah. The codependency is, oh, look at us and we're living happily ever after. And then the problem is when happily ever after isn't crumbling a little, it's like, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? So codependency, the way I would describe it, you know, vigilantly is like, it's like 
my other half. I'm nothing without my other half. I'm looking for my soulmate. So it's almost like we imagine two halves of a circle and then we try to blend that. But that's just messy because it doesn't. What I like to teach is two whole people and then the overlap is the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Tell me if someone Mm -hmm. is listening to this and their relationship they are both struggling with low sex drive. Their mm-hmm. sex life isn't mm-hmm. very existent and mm-hmm. they feel like they're in a place where they don't know how to bring it back. Is there anything they can do? Yes, uh, of course there is. Um, so one, first of all, we need to identify, has there been a huge trigger? You know, has there been job loss? Has there been, is there a huge trigger that they may need to sit down, talk about and say, look, see before X, Y, Z happened, I loved our sex life. And I'd love to get it back. You know, are you up for that? Um, they might say, look, I'm still just so stressed. I can't even go there with you at the minute. We respect that. We don't fly off the handle. We, we're here for each other. We respect that. Or it might just be that life has just got in the way and it's just been one week's past, two weeks past, three weeks past. Now we're in two months. Now we're heading into three months. Maybe it's just busy, you know? So... The problem with that is it's really difficult to just to go back to full everything, you know, you know. So what I would give my couples um, quite regularly is start with kissing. Six second kiss. The research tells us that a six second kiss, it starts all those little mini chemicals, those chemicals going off in a sort of mini way. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a drive-by kiss that I, I'm like, Mwah. no, not like that. A proper six-second kiss, like we did when we were dating, like we did back in the day. Yeah. I also say to my couples, and that's it. No strings attached. It's just the kiss. No pressure, no pressure. Because one or other who's maybe stressed or maybe isn't ready for this yet might say, if I give them a kiss... I know what's going to happen next. Okay. So it's just the kissing. Now you could maybe have a chat later at the weekend and say, see on Tuesday when we had that kiss, I really would have loved for that to go further. And that's a lovely thing to share with your partner. The other thing I would start people on is the 21 day challenge. The original 21 day challenge was that you had to have sex every day for 21 days. The idea was that it would be so forefront in your mind that you'd have to be thinking about new things and new ideas. But I like to water it down and just say something intimate every day for 21 days. That can be cuddling on the couch. That can be going a walk and having a little kiss on the street corner. That could be showering naked. That can be a foot massage. It can be a back massage. And some of my couples actually write them down and they make them like a little secret Santa and they put them in a little cup and then they draw one out every day. And you can make those as intimate as you like. So that can go from... A foot rub right up to full penetrative sex. Okay, whatever, whatever it is. There's another little, um, great little place to follow. It's called the Adventure Challenge, and it's just lovely little ideas. There is a book, but just their website is great ideas. One of them is that you go for a walk with your partner, um, and you don't speak. Mm-hmm. You don't speak for ten minutes, and you lead the walk. No speaking, then the person who just hasn't spoken and then the other person leads the walk for 10 minutes and doesn't speak and then afterwards you speak for three minutes they speak for three minutes and that's it and you will be surprised how often you're not quiet while you're in a good place 
We're often quiet with our partner when we're not in a good place, but we're very rarely quiet when we're in a, you know, unless we're traveling in the car, watching a movie or something like that. But, you know, to actually walk in silence, it's very odd. It's very, it's very interesting. I like those sorts of things. I like those sorts of things, you know? So they have a book, The Adventure Challenge, which is just giving you little ideas like that. And then they also have a little deck of cards, which is called Quickies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) They're just fun things, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, like I always notice the difference in your connection with each other when you do have that intimacy mm-hmm. and how you notice, like maybe you argue a little bit more or you just feel like you're not on the same wavelength if it's been a while or if you've had a lot going on. So there's two things. Women need, generally, generally, women need emotional connection before they can be physically connected. Men generally need that physical connection to keep that emotional side alive so it's about getting that dance it's the yin and the yang it's about getting that dance in a really healthy way so you know sometimes people would say to me the first thing he said to me this week was on friday afternoon are we having sex tonight i mean if you literally haven't talked to your partner all week and that's the first thing you say to them there's no emotional connection there okay um and most women we don't need a lot we don't need a date three we don't need you know we just need that little bit of checking in the little hearty face the how was your day you know we're not talking about you know something you know sticking the kettle on saying things like i'm i want let's get these jobs done and i'd love to hear about your day sweetheart you know it's simple we things it's not we don't have to we're not reinventing the wheel here so um that's the first thing the other thing is when we have an orgasm our person is less annoying to us yeah, I can see that. Yeah. The bottom line. Yeah. Okay. When we have an orgasm, our body releases serotonin and dopamine. So we're in a good mood. And that tea bag in the sink is way less annoying when your person's made you come the night before. Yeah. And- <laughs> Just letting that all sink in. I know I have so many questions because I'm like, because I'm sure everyone listening <laughs> who's in a relationship also can connect that too, where the patterns of when you are having regular intimacy, you are getting along better. You're, you don't want to kill them. Like stuff that they do doesn't annoy you as much. It's the glue. It's the glue. Now there are, I think 2% of the population who are in sexless marriages who are very, very happy and they've not that that's their arrangement and they don't that's not a thing for them and if you're in a sexless marriage the main thing about being in a sexless marriage is you still must keep um physical touch holding hands a game or back to i don't want to have sex we have an arrangement that we're not going to work that we don't have sex but i don't want to cuddle him in case he thinks i'm changing the arrangement you must keep that connection that hand holding that's because it's Mm, a human need touch is human need okay um, so we, we must do that, okay? Even though we have the arrangement that really sex for us is not important or uh, that's a whole other podcast. We'll have to talk about that some other time. But generally, 98% of the population are either having sex or thinking about sex. So it's the glue. It's the glue that binds. It is the glue that binds. I will say this, sex should never, ever, ever be transactional. Ever. It should never be, I picked up the kids, I did the hoovering, I washed the car, I walked the dog, I need sex. Never, 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 never. Okay. And if you're doing that, stop. Um, yeah. So, and I heard you say yeah. um, before, I think it was on another podcast or maybe your website, how when we are in a relationship and we have no intimacy, they become, they're like our roommates. 
So your roommates, you're not. You're just roommates, you know? And that's fine if you've had the conversation that you're in a sexist relationship, um, but you just, you turn into roommates. You turn into roommates doing jobs. That's it. Doing jobs around a house. It's not, you know, doing jobs, you know? And it happens sometimes. It happens. It happens to couples. But it's about recognizing that, you know, oh, there's a week has passed. Oh, there's 10 days has passed, okay? And it's not about saying we have to have full penetrative sex. It's about, can we cuddle tonight? Can we talk? Can we kiss? Can we, there's a girl I follow on Instagram. Oh, mm, I'm a relationship person. I can't remember. But her and her partner have a little, what she calls it, what does she call it? Um, What's a very American term? They make out. They make out every day. They make out every day. Sometimes it leads to sex. Most of the time she says it doesn't, but they make out every day. And it's about saying, I'd like kissing and cuddling right now, but I don't want that to go any further this minute in time, you know? Yeah. And do you recommend couples that see you then if life is really busy and they have a lot going on that they plan it? So they have like a set day of the week that they connect and they... Sort of, but I'll say this first. How long do you think the average sex session is? not that long 13 minutes oh, okay 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 so hmm, let's think can we carve out 13 minutes for our partner and ourselves and our relationship a week yeah, yeah. you know and let's mm. more than 13 minutes but you know what I mean it's about getting the mindset we're like oh right okay now is this another thing I have to do another thing on the to-do list that I'm required to do okay let's shift that mindset you know it's not a long time it feels good it feels great afterwards, you know. Yeah, let's have sex this morning before going out and doing the groceries. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing I learned that really helped me about the difference in women and men is that women's sex drive is like res- like we respond, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas men's is spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Is that the right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so spontaneous desire start is at the beginning of your relationship okay so it's it's driven by lust chemicals and it can last up to about 18 months so then sometimes after four months five months six months up to 18 months we start going okay i see the real person now you know so we've come out of the love bubble you know and lots of relationships then stumble then they don't go any further because they haven't then gone into responsive desire okay so responsive desire but because generally not generally men are very visual creatures that spontaneous desire stays a bit more alive for men sometimes um and for women we fall more into responsive desire and responsive desire lives in a bit of distance so responsive Mm -hmm. desire lives um well i'll give you an example uh i've decided i'm jesus i was only teaching now through parables um uh, (laughs) my big son was flapping around the other night about homework or studying or something and I had done the lecturing and then I came in here and I was like, oh that we fell and then my husband then we went later my son then said something to my husband like oh she's always on my back or you know and he was like your mommy loves you more than anybody in this world and she only wants the best for you get it done get your head down get it done your mommy loves you so much and she wants the best for you well Hello. <laughs> no, nothing else needed to be said. <laughs> no more words required. 
thank you very much. The only problem was we have 15 year old rocking about till 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> you understand what yeah. I mean? You know, yeah, somebody, somebody told me in COVID that they were never so turned on because their husband was outside chopping logs. She was like, I just, the log chopping, the being away from me, the whole thing, you just like, uh, just the, the, all of a sudden I was, you know, the spontaneous. Hornier than ever. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. she was just, yeah. the other thing about responsive desire is lots of women might not feel like it. Remember? Mm. Never, ne- never transactional, but that's when maybe not aren't really in the mood. But once things start happening, once mm-hmm. thing neck, you know, what, and you're like, oh, no, my body actually says, yeah, this would be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's responsible. So two layers there. Yeah. But there's so much to learn, isn't there? Because even if you don't understand that, you could be listening to other people talk about their relationship and be like oh I just never have mm-hmm. my libido is really low mm-hmm. but I completely understand that yes you have to nearly like start being intimate with your partner before you actually feel like and remember what kills women's libido resentment so mm. that could be that they never put the bin bag back in the bin even though they take the bins out that could be that they promised that they would be home at seven o'clock to help you with x y or z and they didn't come to half to 8.30, you know? And you've thought to yourself, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm not going to make a big deal of it. Then when kissing and touching starts happening on a Friday night, your whole body is like, are you having a laugh? You mm. let me down so many times this week and now you want me to open up? I don't think so. How do we approach that? We have to say with our big girl words. Mm. Our big girl knickers on and say our big girl words. I'm going to put the kettle on, sweetheart. I need to talk to you about a few things, okay? I have a a little quiz on the grid and it's, you know, tell me a time when I met your needs this week. And then your person says, tell me a time when I met your needs this week. Um, Tell me a time whenever you felt um, attracted to me this week. Tell me a time when you felt attracted to me. Tell me a time whenever you wanted to say something to me this week, but you chose to stay silent, you know? So all these little check-ins are so, so important. And it's so important for emotional connection for women particularly. And even explaining to them how your own sex drive works. So like, look, it's nothing personal. I just have this going on or I have been feeling this way. And that's why I haven't really been in the mood much. It's not that I'm like, I'm not attracted to you anymore or that I don't want to. It's just these reasons and letting them know. Because I think sometimes like when we don't understand and we don't know about it, we can like our, our mind goes off into all of these possible reasons. And you must remember, you know, our automatic negative thoughts can sometimes mm-hmm. run, roll the roost here, you know, and my automatic negative thoughts are called Shirley and Shirley can say things like, no, you don't deserve this. No, he doesn't deserve this. And it's sometimes a matter of going, no, this is a need. It's good for our relationship. And remember having an orgasm reduces cortisol levels immensely. So if you're menopausal or anything like that, or you are very stressed, sex, orgasms, so good for you. So good for your health, you know? Yeah. Yeah. God, relationships. There's so (laughs) much stuff, isn't there? But it's such a huge part of your life. Like I think about my, like we're only married two years, but like we're, the intention is to spend the rest of your lives together. And of course, that's going to take work because you're two different people navigating life. All these things that can happen, and predicted friend, and unpredicted. And our friend Esther Perel tells us that on average, a human will have three long-term relationships. Mm. 
some of us will have them with the same person. Yeah. So it's about that, you know, maybe you got together in your 20s and you did all that stuff. And then now, oh, right, we're in our 40s now. And, you know, this has changed and that's changed. Oh, and now we're getting into retirement and da, 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 da. So it's having those three different, like I look at our relationship. We're still the same people, but um, it's, I mean, it's just layers upon layers. But we always say, you know, you probably don't know this person. His name is Brian Adams, but he had one of his songs is 18 till I die. And we always say 18 till we die with emotional intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. That's yeah. really good. And I even find like, I love listening to stuff like this, like expansive stuff where first of all, I know that my relationship is completely natural. If I'm in a phase where we're struggling, if we're in a phase where we're not having regular sex if there's a lot of life stuff going on to surround yourself with supportive content and Mm -hmm. and people who are having the conversations because sometimes it can feel like you're doing everything wrong and you're failing and some days it feels so hard we're like maybe you're questioning whether the relationship is really what's meant to be yeah and we all do that yeah we all have moments like that we all have moments like that you know yeah Yeah. and I even find like with my friends like we we all chat kind of openly about about like little things that we have going on or little struggles and it's really nice to be like okay well I feel better that I'm not the only one that had a massive argument last week or I'm not the only one who wants to kill them (laughs) I remember who I was listening to was it Michelle Obama and she said that her and Barack have been together 30 years and she'd say about 10 have been absolutely miserable (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so real now, I don't think she means 10 years in a row I think she means like you know there was six months that was absolutely miserable when yes. this happened when she was talking about when he went even when he was going to be president she was like if I took all those chunks of absolute miserably and I'm going to leave you every day of the week it's probably 10 years probably about a good she says, but I'll take those good 20 you know now this advice I give out is for people who are in loving caring healthy relationships if you do not feel respected, if you do not feel cared for, if you feel less than in your relationship, that's a whole different conversation, whole different conversation. This advice is people who love and care for each other, you know? So she says, you know, she take that 20, you know, either way, but there are going to be times, you know, that you just feel like this would just be easier by myself. This would be yeah. not easier by myself you're going to have those thoughts you're going to have those feelings you know you go out for a good walk and you put a good podcast on you come back and you go let's start again let's or sometimes like you're sitting there like god I wonder what it'd be like to live by myself (laughs) (laughs) and again that comes into the whole codependency thing you know I would never have went away on a retreat for three or four days by myself but sometimes getting away by yourself like that is just lovely and we also have to have leave room and space in conversations for um living in each other's pockets is exhausting and who came up with this idea anyway we came up with this mad idea marriage was really only from the post-war and it was to, you know for women they had no rights to our children we had no rights to anything we had no right to vote all those sort of things we needed the institution of marriage to keep us safe we don't need that anymore so like i coach couples who don't actually live together but they have four kids you know, he is his house. She is her house. They share, you know, and sometimes somebody she's like, no, you know what? You stay in the family home. I'm way to the blah, blah, you know, and if you're fortunate enough to do that, that's great. But there is space for saying, I need a weekend away. I need, you know, I need this. What are, what are my needs? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm totally, 
smothered at the minute. I need to be with the girls. I need this. Da, 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 da. Now, if that becomes not healthy for your relationship, that's a totally different thing. Okay. But we do need to have space for that space for ourselves. Yeah. And I love that you said it has to be two whole people mm-hmm. that come together, not two people who are looking for their other half mm-hmm. in another person. We have to be whole on our own. Because you know what? You are whole. Mm. you are perfect though just the way you are yes we all have to try our best to grow and mature and get wiser and get more spiritual but you were brought here as a perfect little being you're absolutely enough you're whole absolutely yourself if you choose to take a partner to you know journey this lifetime with someone great but you're Mm -hmm. absolutely whole the way you are yeah because it, life nearly makes us feel like, oh, if I haven't met someone, I failed. Mm-hmm. If I'm not settling down and getting married and having kids, I ha- I'm not doing it right. A couple of phrases that I really not don't like is my other half. Really mm-hmm. can't stand that. Settling down. <laughs> Bit of an issue with settling down. What does that even mean? Because were, were we really that up? Yeah. <laughs> were we really that settled up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Settle down. Set, no. And it's it's condescending too, isn't it? Settle down now. Settle down. Yeah. Get yeah. back in your box. Find someone and... Exactly. Yeah. Settle down. Get on with life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the data tells us that men who are in a connective, loving relationship live 15 years longer than men who are not. Women live nine years longer. So the story that we've been told that we need men is actually done true. Men need a relationship. Okay. Um, the next piece of data is that women, 80% more, was it not 80% of women, 80% more of nah, all of the wrong word. I'll start again. Autoimmune diseases are more common, 80% more common in women than men. So fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, all that sort of thing is 80% more. And they think, no, they don't think, they know now. When I trained, it was all very anecdotal, but they know now that that is from carrying the mental load of your relationship and your home and all that sort of thing. And not having the healthy tips and tools to know how to really do relationships well. And we just take it all upon ourselves, And then throw in a good dollop of people pleasing because we're from this beautiful island. It's Mm -hmm. a recipe for disaster. God, yeah. So to get on top of it, what we can do is we can do our three quizzes. We can do our love language. We can do our attachment style. We can do our argument style. Mm-hmm. Start there and fill your own cup and check in with your partner to ask them, how are they filling their own cup? And just explain to them, you know, you're the best lover when you feel great about yourself, you know, you know, you're away on holiday and you're feeling great and you've got a bit of a tan and you're strutting about, you feel great about yourself, you know, when are you the best lover? You know, when are you the best partner? When are you the best, you know, anything. Yeah. And if you want to improve your relationship and learn the tools, but your partner is not open to it, do like a one-to-one session or maybe look at the course and start getting the tools yourself. And then you can bring them in, even if it's just to, really subtly do it you don't even have to tell them you can be like oh I just had this idea what if we like sat down and you just let me know if there's another way I can support you or maybe I can let you know if there's another way and just have like like you know yourself there's little ways you can bring it in without being like so I went to a coach and she wants you to do this (laughs) and we need to learn how to do healthy conflict so healthy conflict is so so important so we come at our person with 
when that happened, you made me, you made me feel like you made me feel, you made, you ignored me, you made, you, okay, no, 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 okay, when that happened, so first of all, we wait until um the red mist has settled, we might have to go walk, we might have to go for the bath, we might have to go cycle, whatever it is, might have to go for our friends for coffee and have a good rant and then come back and say, okay, the red mist has settled, what do I actually feel? What is actually going on? Because when we respond, when we're drenched with those chemicals, it's never going to come out right, okay? We might even get into a back and a forward and we might even say, wait, whoa, I need a little break. I'm just getting swamped now. I need a little break, but I am coming back, okay? That's when the anxious attachment style can sometimes do a bit of following around the house, which is not ideal so if you know if if a partner asks for a little bit of space give it to them okay but trust them that they're going to come back and we're going to get to the bottom of this okay so it's about coming back together and saying okay red mist still settled i want to hear you i want to hear you okay what's going on and then the person saying when that happened i felt unseen i felt sad i felt disrespected and then our person's job is to say i hear that i'm sorry Mm. didn't ever intend to make you feel like that but I am sorry. Yeah. And you do the same for them. Yeah, you do the same for them. I was very, very late the other day. And my husband was rightfully not the most happy. Um, and I was, I'm so sorry. I'm, I am sorry. I'm really, I'm sorry. Just, I, I was silly. I am sorry. I am sorry. And he said, look, I'm just disappointed because we're not going to get to go to da, 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 da. And I said, don't feel like that. Mm-hmm. I said that in my mouth. I don't feel like that because I was feeling guilty. So I didn't want him to feel like that anymore. I was like, yeah. I feel like that. And he just looked at me and I went, sorry. Sorry, Gian. <laughs> I just told you how to feel, didn't I? He goes, you just told me how to feel. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're very entitled to your feelings. I am sorry. How could I make amends or try to make amends mm. or rearrange sex wires yet? God, it takes practice and a lot of awareness, it doesn't practice. it? And a lot of pausing. Yes, pausing. pausing before you react, pausing. which I need to, to pausing. work on. Pausing, a lot of pausing. Poor dog. Yeah. You know, we had an issue in COVID where one of our daughters decided that, you know, in that weird time where you were allowed to be in gardens, but you had to be separated in gardens. And she, you know, she was going to a hot tub party and she was going to social mm. distance in a hot tub party. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband's big pause. My my husband's my, my husband's big pause was to getting on his bike and going. I'm out. I'm just out. I'm out. I'm like, no. Where would you be? I don't care. I'm out. Yeah. I'm back about half an hour already. He just we were you know that stage where we were just all at our wits and we just were like, we can't understand the rules. So how are we expecting? And she was turning it was her boyfriend's eighteenth, and it was just he was just heartbroken, you know. But he had to take a big pause. A big pause. And he came back and I stuck the kettle on. It was one of those beautiful days. We sat outside. We got it all sorted out. She mm. went to the party, but apparently didn't get in the hot tub. I don't want to know. I still don't want to know. No. I don't want to know. There's no need. There's- no. You don't need <laughs> you don't need to know. <laughs> you know, but he was like, I'm sorry. I was like, it's fine. Just need to breathe, you know, come back. I think yeah, he might have actually said, Is it worse when you have the tools and you don't use them? I said, No, but you did use the tools. You you know, you you said you were going, you said you needed space, you know, it's okay. It's okay. as long as we know our partner's going to come back and hear us you know that's the thing yeah and even if you don't in the moment afterwards being like okay shit I completely forgot what could I have done if that happens again can I get a redo can I get a can I get a do-over you know that's fine too it's fine you can say that like 
burnt toast, burnt toast, burnt toast. And that's your person's trigger for, okay, just leave them alone, leave them alone, leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, if, and if you're, if you're with a guy and all guys should have a man cave and he goes to his man cave, leave him in his man cave. Don't go following it's not him. Personal. It's not personal. He's processing. He can't pro- probably process in real time. Like you mm-hmm. can. He just needs to process, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Lisa, where can we find you? <laughs> my Insta- how do we get to you? My how do you get me? My Insta is relationship.coaching.ni. Website is relationship coach ni, I think. Um, but sure, I'm always on Instagram. Sure, I'm all over Instagram all the time. And just the grid or go into where all the reels and all there's I got a message from a girl the other night. Um, I'm gonna do an event in Belfast in the new year. And I got a uh a message from a girl and she was like we have never booked a session but I will come to the event in Belfast I was like oh that's lovely thank you very much and she goes but I can't tell you how the free stuff has helped us so much yeah Yeah. your content is so good and even your website like there's stuff on there even from when I was reading I was like oh like learning stuff so everyone check it out and the the course this is going to be live on monday no no so your course oh you're you're live monday this episode so for everyone listening it should be before the end of november you can get the course then yeah i think it like 27th of november i think the course but dm me well i'll search it was 195 and it's down to 117 which i think is doable and it has to be you know it has to i also think people have to pay a bit of money for something yeah Actually, and you have yeah. it forever i have it forever and also make yourself nearly do it like look we've spent this money we have to do it sort of thing where if i give them all away for free you know um yeah. so they're not less likely to do it <laughs> the energy exchange has to be there and for me too you know it's my people yes that's good absolutely thank you so much you're very welcome i loved it <laughs>